Would you be interested in fighting Apollo Creed for the World Heavyweight Championship? No. Listen, Rocky. Apollo's seen you fight. He likes you. He wants to fight you. Hey, now, when you walk into the ring for the number one heavyweight of the world, you'll be ready. You're gonna eat lightning and you're gonna crack thunder. You're gonna become a very dangerous place. Ladies and gentlemen, Yo, listeners! It's now playing's Rocky Retrospective Series. This Balboa thing is interesting. And you want to call it nostalgia, whatever the hell you want, but people can relate to that stuff. Hosted by Arnie. There is no one who can match his strength or his aggressiveness. Brock. You're the man, you're number one. Old people love you, young people love you. You're the man. And Jacob. I must break you. Come back to NowPlayingPodcast.com each week as we go with the distance and review all the Rocky films. What's your prediction for the fight? Hey. But be warned, these podcasts contain detailed plot spoilers and mild language. Listener discretion is advised. He doesn't know it's a damn show. He thinks it's a damn fight. Uh, Let's get ready to rumble! Today we're talking about Rocky IV, starring Sylvester Stallone, Talia Shire, Burt Young, Carl Weathers, Tony Burton, Brigitte Nielsen, Dolph Lundgren, and again directed by Sylvester Stallone. This is Brock, co-host of Now Playing. I podcast for me! For me! (laughs) This is Jacob. This is Arnie. I feel good! Well, here we go to Rocky IV, which is the most financially successful entry in the series, the one that a lot of people think of when they think of Rocky, even more than Rocky III. I feel this movie's a big deal for me because I kind of hinted at it with the first podcast for Rocky. I felt this movie's kind of pivotal for me being asked to be a host on Now Playing because when Arnie first came to me, he's like, you know, I watched you live tweet your thoughts of Rocky because I used to do that a lot back before I had to keep all my thoughts to myself for these podcasts. (laughs) I'd sit there on Twitter and just throw out random thoughts as I was watching movies. And this is one of those that you brought up, Arnie, and like, would you mind trying out for this Now Playing thing? So I feel like this is kind of a coming home to me to be able to talk about this on Now Playing now. And then you survived the rigorous tryout process. Of Saw. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, this could be the shortest plot summary of all time, Arnie, if you want. (laughs) So let's see what you got there. Step in the ring with a plot summary, shall we? Like I did last time, I'm not going to do a plot summary for Rocky IV. I think everybody knows Rocky IV. But have you guys seen this film called Drago? (laughs) Is this similar to Clubber? It's very similar to Clubber. It's the follow-up to Clubber. It's like Clubber 2, the clubs. (laughs) The clubs. (laughs) Captain Ivan Drago is a Russian boxer who, due to international politics, has been denied any ability to fight professionally. However, due to strengthening relations between the Soviet Union and the United States, he's given a chance. He trains hard and gets the public eye, and Drago takes the once-in-a-lifetime shot at the title for world heavyweight champion and challenges current champ Rocky Balboa. But instead, aging former champ Apollo Creed challenges Drago to an exhibition match. But Drago takes it seriously and fights hard. But Apollo refuses to fall, and Rocky on the sidelines doesn't throw in the towel. 
and as a result of injuries during the fight, Apollo dies. But Rocky has taken the death personally. He resigns his title and travels to Russia to fight Drago. And Drago continues to drain hard and is forced by his ruthless manager to use performance-enhancing drugs. But the fight day comes and Drago gets his chance to defeat the world heavyweight champ. But despite all his strength, Drago can't go the distance with Rocky. Rocky's reputation was well-earned and he refuses to fall. And despite his manager shouting for Drago to win for Russia, Drago really wants to win for himself. But despite fighting his best, his countrymen betray him and start cheering for the American pig. Without the confidence of his countrymen, Drago is unable to even go the distance and is defeated and disgraced, while Rocky gives a trite speech about changing perceptions that is applauded by even the high-ranking Soviet officers in the audience. Well, bravo, Arnie. I didn't realize this movie had that much in it. That was great. I love this American pig part. That was a nice touch. I like that very much. <laughs> so this movie starts off right away with something missing. The Rocky scrolling across the front of the screen. Thank God. That should have been left in the 70s. Rocky 3 should have ditched it. I liked it. To me, it's very much like not exactly the same as a gun barrel sequence in James Bond, but it's something I expect and want when I begin a Rocky movie. I want the fanfare. I want the Rocky scrolling across the screen. But instead, we get Eye of the Tiger and two boxing gloves on wooden rods <laughs> turning slowly oh come on this is awesome <laughs> the, the usa glove the ussr glove launching at each other meeting in a giant explosion i mean talk about heavy-handed symbolism uh, that opening shot of christ was nothing compared to this opening scene <laughs> <laughs> well at least the he- christ we had to think about which part of it was the metaphor <laughs> here it's quite easy it's the u.s and russia are going to fight and things are going to blow up now i would like to point out for some context this came out the exact same year as first blood part two so Stallone was taking on communism in all its many forms across the globe. Yeah, I don't think we have to mention what Stallone's politics are. He, he's pretty open about which way he leans. So it, it doesn't surprise me that he's doing movies like that. And, and here's another Rocky film that he's not just starred in, but written and directed. So yes, we start with Eye of the Tiger. And once again, even though I think by this point VCRs were pretty commonplace and cable television had sprung upon us, we see the end of part three. Now, there's a montage of Rocky kicking Mr. T's ass while Apollo watches, but then we get to see the Rocky-Apollo fight tease played throughout. Yeah, I didn't think the clubber part was really necessary because this film is more about the Apollo-Rocky relationship. So, sure, go back and show that because it picks up from that scene pretty much. For me, like, this film, as much as three was Rocky franchise condensed into one film, this, for me, this is pure Rocky essence. Like, if there was a pond of Rockiness, (laughs) this is the movie you would pull out. So it's like, we've done this in three other films, we gotta do it here. But in the past three films, the Apollo fight actually mattered to the current film. Clubber Lang is never to be heard from again. I guess it's because he regains the title, right? Yeah, I was really confused because the last film, he retired and then went back for one match and then went back for one more match to get the title back. There was no opening montage of him defending the title ten more times. Like, was he still boxing at this point? Like, hadn't he decided he's going to retire? I have some problems with the timeline again. I had it last time, I have it this time. Oh, there's some big problems with this timeline. Huge. We have the... Rocky Apollo private fight and it stops at the same freeze frame because they didn't film any further for part three then we never know who wins (laughs) but Rocky goes home with a black eye and a hat maybe the hat symbolizes he won because he took Apollo's hat as well as his shorts but 
it's the same day, right? I mean, it's right after that fight that he goes home. He didn't just get in another fight years later with a black eye and a hat. That's what I was assuming at the beginning of this film until we get into a few more scenes. Exactly. That's exactly what they're trying to tell you. But then again, as Jacob just said, in a couple of minutes from now, they kind of throw it out the window. (laughs) Because they say that they've been married nine years. They have their pre-anniversary and they got married in Rocky II, which was 1976. Which makes this 1985. Yes, they've caught up with real time now. <laughs> right, and, and that, but it doesn't make any sense. It should be, what, 1981, right? 1982. I actually went online and looked this up to see if someone has tried to explain this <laughs> oh, already. Oh, there's big contentions about this timeline. <laughs> if he didn't come back with the black eye, you could really say it's been a few years later. The only thing I could come up with is it took Rocky a while to heal. He eventually suffered the concussions that Clubber inflicted and years passed in part three before that end fight that was my own personal retcon okay maybe they get together once a year to have this (laughs) private (laughs) bout (laughs) oh it doesn't make any sense adrian screams at apollo later in the movie that it's been five years since she's fought and then last movie they've implied the last fight apollo fought was against rocky hasn't fought since he's retired at that point that's why he's training rocky to fight clubber but then if that's true, the timeline's screwed up there again. You see what I mean? It's not nine years. The nine years part really screws it up. Yep. <laughs> you blew it, Stallone. All that brain damage. But clearly he wanted to get to 1985 because... Because we need a robot! Yes. His- what the hell? When did this become Silver Spoons? <laughs> I love this! It's Polly's birthday. You know, you open up with Rocky's kid. He's got the fancy VHS camcorder with an actual light built into it. And they give... Polly a robot like a real robot that talks and fetches him beer it's awesome talk about the yuppie decadence that we see in three now it's paying off once you got a robot that's when you know you've made it in america i don't have a robot you have not made it it's 20 years later (laughs) i have a roomba that's kind of a robot and this thing speaks like a speaking spell (laughs) oh until Polly gets his way with it we'll get to that in a little bit Oh, my God. It's also kind of confusing. They give it to Polly, but they kind of call it Rocky Jr.'s robot later. Yeah. Yes, I noticed that. I'm with Polly. The robot walks in. Polly goes, what the hell is this? And I'm wondering the same thing. What the hell movie is this? Yeah, he wants his Ferrari or his Porsche, whatever car he asks for. But no, he gets a robot. It's very convenient, though, to have the robot around because it gives us an opportunity to have a couple of more songs featured from the soundtrack. <laughs> Yeah, that is so annoying. Every time the robot comes in, he's not just playing a song, he's blaring a song. (laughs) On his Sony stereo that it zooms in on a couple of times. They gotta make those extra uh, paychecks for product placement. (laughs) (laughs) To me, the robot is much like Scrappy-Doo or something. It just doesn't make a lot of sense to be there. It's not really necessary. Oh, come on. Yes, it is necessary because this movie is a big middle finger to Russia. Russia, where's your robots, huh? We got robots bringing us beer and talking in sexy voices. (laughs) Wait a second, though. The Russians have all the technology for training. I think it's showing how Americans take technology and bastardize it for entertainment. It's the free market, baby. Free market. That's what makes us great. You can use your machines to improve your strength that we're gonna have robot sex with our technology so they're gonna use robots to make themselves better while we're lazy and the robot brings us cake and beer yes (laughs) i have no problems with robots bringing me cake and beer i want to go on the record saying that and i advocate for that but all everything (laughs) you're saying about extravagance is clearly shown with this extravagant house 
with the Apollo watching TV while swimming in a swimming pool, throwing tennis balls to his dogs that will probably rip the lining in the pool. The whole thing shows the American extravagance and the American thing you're talking about. The robot doesn't need to show us that. Everything else is showing us that. Okay? No, you need the robot. The robot <laughs> is the, no pun intended, the icing on the cake. It's... <laughs> Like, Artie, you, you said the first one was this populist film. Like, when I had all those negative connotations of what a populist film is, here it is. Like, you want to be Rocky because he owns a freaking robot. This movie needs the robot. That's what makes it. Here's the worst part. When I was 10 and I'd see this kind of crap in movies, I'd believe it. I'd believe that I could have a talking fembot if I had enough money. <laughs> it's like Kit. Yeah, well, he has a Lamborghini, too, Jacob. That's certainly yes. something for men to be jealous of. In my mind, a Lamborghini was a little more obtainable than a talking, beer-fetching robot. But, you know. <laughs> I just want to know, what the hell movie am I watching now? What am I watching? Where's this robot with a cell phone come from? We talked about it last movie, how its soul is taken out of from the first two movies. Well, this robot certainly is a very far jump from where we started with Rocky. Now, of course, we talked about how he's successful and things like that, but when the last movie ended, Rocky gets the hunger again. He gets back a little bit more to his roots kind of thing. This robot is a complete 180 from that. And that's why I'm wondering, is he still boxing at this point? Because, yeah, in part three, that was a big problem, is that, he, oh, I'll live in the gym, and then he has this swanky gym that he trains in and doesn't do anything. So if he's still fighting, Rocky is the dumbest person alive. He never learns a lesson. <laughs> Remember how, at the end of the Rambo series, we said if they made another Rambo, it was going to be like Rambo fighting Predator in Central America? That's yes. what this robot signifies to me. That's how far from the roots of Rocky we have gone once you introduce a robot. And I think, again, since the timeline is so screwed up, we're not really sure. If they didn't have him with the black eye, I was thinking that him and Apollo were retired by now. But it's so confusing. Also, they keep mentioning later in the movie that the belt is not on the line, which then implies that Rocky still has the belt, which means he's still fighting. Well, here's the worst part about the robot. He does nothing. If this became real steel at the end where Rocky had to fight the robot, I'd be with it. <laughs> uh, Arnie, the robot plays a very important role. As far as I can tell, he's the babysitter at the end of this movie since all the adults have gone to Russia and left the kids alone. <laughs> And strangely, there are three kids instead of just one at the end. Yeah. Dude, the kid's got a robot. Who doesn't want to be friends with him? <laughs> Actually, the robot made the kids. With Polly. Oh, right. No, I'm, I'm not going there. <laughs> I just did. It's bad enough what's implied in this movie with what Polly does to that poor robot. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, I, I think the robot is a fun and even a bit of propaganda here of why America is so great. Going back to those college papers, this is what I'm writing, how the robot is the symbolism of what makes America great. And I think for Stallone, not just Rocky, but for Stallone, that's what makes America awesome, is that we could have robots that serve us beer. Well, you already dropped the P word here. I'm assuming that's your thesis for the rest of the movie. Propaganda? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's no denying it that this is a propaganda beat. I mean, forget about Rambo 3. This is what they're using the Clockwork Orange tools to pry your eyes open and make you watch in 1985. I agree with you. This is a propaganda film. It's clear as day. To say the robot is a symbol of propaganda, I think there's plenty of things in here, Jacob, that brings that point home. If you want to put it all in that beautiful robot, you go right ahead. But to me, this movie is just dripping with it. I'm just going to say this. I really wish I could believe it as much as you do, Jacob, because I'd like to believe that the robot has a point here and isn't just there to just be a sign of avarice and to appeal to the 80s 
generation that loved watching Kit the talking car. I'd love to think that there is some symbolism going on here, but nothing in this movie shows me that. So I hope you're right. I just don't see it for myself. But I'd write that paper if I was in a college class and a little bit stoned. <laughs> but let's meanwhile see the other use of technology. Drago, the man who can punch 1850 PSI. Which means pounds per, per square, square inch. inch. Yes, and by the end is punching, what, almost 2200 PSI, which is equivalent to being hit by a shotgun. My tires in my car have about 32 PSI of air, so that's what I know. I know PSI from this movie because I've seen this movie so many times. So Apollo sees Drago on television, decides, I want to fight him, not Rocky shouldn't have to fight him. And so he calls Balboa and has to sit down with Adrian Rocky about his plan to promote this to be fight Drago in a exhibition match. I was taken back to Greece because it felt like Kaniki asking Zuko to be his second at Thunder Road. I'm just happy because I feel like I'm finally getting my Apollo movie. When we get into why Apollo wants this match, he's the warrior and that's all he could be. What happens when you're not on top? You can't be born again. Like I like this story with Apollo, why he wants to go back into the ring. Forget about Rocky. I've seen three films of him being in the ring. But I like this <laughs> Apollo character. I like Carl Weathers. I like his story and how he feels like he's fading away in retirement. And he wants this one last chance, much like Rocky got this one last chance when Apollo invited him to fight in that first film. I would agree with you. That's there in the first few scenes with Rocky explaining why he wants to fight. But then eventually he says, it's us versus them. I know he says something like, we're sportsmen, not soldiers. But then he comes up with, it's us versus them. I have that in my notes because this is a propaganda film. So if it's about Apollo, he needs that for himself and all that. That's great. But later on, it boils down to it's us versus them. So isn't that a mixed message there? I mean, both things are in this movie. Which one is really Apollo's reason for fighting Drago? Could it be both, though? I mean, I remember the 80s and how much I feared slash hated the Russians because of American propaganda. And I thought that they were just sitting around waiting to nuke us. So perhaps Apollo felt the same way. And in addition to striking a blow for America, he could also strike a blow for himself. Sure. Apollo is always the shrewd businessman. The first film, he comes up with this idea to fight Rocky, and the promoter says, that's very American. He says, yes, but it's also very smart. So Apollo, I don't think he's as concerned with that whole patriotism thing, that this is us versus them. I think he knows that will get Rocky's buy-in. He's a shrewd businessman. It's all about him. That's what I like about Apollo, is that he's not apologetic, that he is a smart guy. And I enjoyed this character. I enjoyed that he was wanted to have that warrior's fire back in him. I know the script's telling me that, but if he had the warrior's fire in him, I don't know. We saw at the beginning of Rocky 1 when he came in as George Washington. Here, when he comes in the fight, too, he's doing the same kind of stuff. Dude, but you get the James Brown songs. <laughs> and you got dancing girls and you got amazing hydraulics. Uh, yeah, I get that, but if you're everything you're saying doesn't, doesn't add up. I agree with you, Brock. As much as Rocky like never learns the story of Pride Comes Before the Fall, like, Apollo doesn't catch on too quickly here, because he's making all the same mistakes that he did in the first film. But man, it's a James Brown performance. So I, I'm willing to give him a little bit there. The only thing Apollo has on his side, Jacob, is that it's an exhibition. So he doesn't necessarily have to train hard, hard, because it's supposed to be an exhibition. But if he's doing this to restore his moment of glory, right? he needs to win. And to win, he needs to train. And I know he didn't train, because I didn't see a montage. <laughs> I agree with you guys. I liked his motivation to go into this match. He sucks at training. He sucks at the execution. 
he had the fiery speech and then he kind of forgot it the next day and and sipped another tab while swimming in the <laughs> pool throwing balls at his dog. He poorly executes this. I just like the build up and I liked his reasoning of why he wanted to be in that fight. Well, in fact, Jacob, you said you wanted an Apollo movie. Other than when he just pummels Rocky in the first one, have we ever seen Apollo win a fight? We haven't, and I've wanted his redemption because he's a yuppie I've actually liked in these films, unlike Rocky Balboa. But up until this point, we're about a half hour into this movie when we get James Brown, The Dancing Girls. I was shocked. I had no idea Living in America was written for a movie. Oh, yeah. It was a big hit that summer. This whole thing's a sideshow up to now. We got a talking robot. We got Dancing Girls, James Brown, pop music going left and right. It gets worse later on with the pop music. We talked about last time about how it's fallen. This one is a really different kind of movie. Come on. What this is, for me, this is the populist film. On one hand, it wants to show what's great about America. Robots and Las Vegas and James Brown and showgirls. Mm -hmm. I love how confused Drago is as he's watching this whole thing going on. But then later on, it's going to show, yes, we have that great superficial side, but we also have a great inner strength, too. I mean, this is a propaganda film, and it wants to have it both ways, showing that superficially we look awesome. But even if you take that away from us, we're still going to beat you. You know, I think there's a difference between populist and pandering and i think this is the latter i'm not going to disagree with you there arnie that's what i think upset me so much with the first rocky is i never felt that was pandering when you called it populist and, and i got a bit fiery when, when you made those accusations <laughs> here i totally agree with you here pile it on but i like how they're going about i guess for me having watched this film so much i like just how overt it is this is the great american propaganda film at least of the 80s but it does it in such a subversive way because, yes, it's fighting a Russian, which is as blatant as you can get. But then you throw in the robot and things. And it's like what I don't get is we see all this stuff about Drago. And again, to me, in the early 80s, there really only was one Russian. And no matter what I watched, that Russian was in a military uniform and they were robots. You know, Rocky may have had his little fembot Cylon. But here, this guy is a machine. He would eventually go on to play Universal Soldier, but he started that role here. And he can punch harder than any man. He's emotionless. He doesn't speak. He's like Arnold Schwarzenegger in The Terminator, right? Mm -hmm. Or like he plays himself in The Punisher, as we've talked about. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. I like that they throw out the steroid accusation about Drago. This is 1985. What happened a year before this? Summer Olympics in Los Angeles. Fondly remember him as I was living out here then as a child and went to many of the events. But Russians protested that. I mean, there's all those accusations about steroids and all that. Russians protested mm -hmm. it, didn't fight. So I feel like Stallone's watching the 84 Olympics, taking down notes like, oh, there's a story here. I, and <laughs> I got a Rocky franchise. I'm going to go with this. They also mentioned he's the amateur champ and he's an Olympic champ, Drago. But if he's an amateur champ and Olympic champ, how can they not have heard of this guy before now? Did the Russians boycott the Olympics that year? Yes. I mean, that's why we won so much gold. <laughs> <laughs> could it have been 1980 yeah those were in moscow ah and the u.s did boycott that the united states and a number of other countries boycotted the games because of the soviet invasion of, of afghanistan yeah i guess he won in 80 yeah okay we'll go with that but since we're having so much issues with the timeline even though we think it's 1985 because of the nine years if it actually wasn't 1985 but more like 81 82 that would make sense or it still could be 85 i mean if he won the olympics when he was 18? I mean, Olympics are pretty young. Okay, I will go with that, sure. I, I think at this point we have to go by the Rocky Four timeline, whatever timeline they're giving us. So I think the 80 Olympics 
it's safe to say that's where he won the gold. And Dolph Lundgren was born in 57, so he would have been 23 in 80. But he, you know, could play a different age because it's a movie. In <laughs> so he fights Apollo, and Apollo doesn't let Rocky throw in the towel. And I'm wondering if Rocky's somewhat culpable in this death. I'm right there with you. Like, he's got the towel. His arm's cocked back. He's hesitating. He doesn't do it. Yeah, because through the mouth guard and through multiple concussions, Apollo says, don't do it. Yeah, maybe if Apollo was looking at his opponent rather than Rocky, if he's going <laughs> to throw in the towel, he wouldn't have got punched so much. Maybe if he threw a block up once in a while, it wouldn't be punched so much either. I think that Rocky should have thrown in the towel. I think he should have saved his friend's life. I agree with Arnie. And I don't think, even though we're supposed to think Drago's such a villain for killing Apollo, Drago was doing what he was told. The ref didn't break up the fight. Nobody resigned. Yeah, but he doesn't have to be a dick about it afterwards and say, if he dies, he dies. Well, yeah, he's the Terminator. Yeah. And I also don't get, we complained about this in Rocky 3, Apollo lies there for a really long time before a doctor shows up. Like, <laughs> and they're at the ring. Why isn't there a doctor right there? You're right. Yep, maybe it was in slow-mo. Everything else was montage. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed this, but when Rocky, he's holding Apollo in the ring, it very much looks like, I think it's a Michelangelo statue of Mary holding christ after he was crucified it is almost the exact same pose going to that heavy-handed symbolism and then they cut to the funeral and you got mary with the the blessed heart statue like right in the screen for most of it stallone can't deny those roots that started off in the first rocky no i actually noticed that i have familiar with that statue and it was so similar and you know he looks up and there's drago standing there and i'm wondering is drago god He's communist. Communists don't believe in God. He's Satan because he has red. <laughs> Obviously, we get <laughs> what's going through Rocky's head <laughs> in a few minutes. Oh, my but... God. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. All right. I have a problem with this. I have several problems with this. I get that, you know, he has to go out and drive, right? And I get that for some reason, Dolph Lundgren has to vamp in front of a black curtain. But what I don't get is why Rocky is flashing back not to Apollo, but to... Remember that time that I was walking down the docks after not breaking that guy's thumbs? Yeah, we get every Rocky movie. Again, this is the essence of the Rocky. It doesn't just have the recap of the last film. It has a recap of the entire franchise. Yeah. Rocky's remembering things he wasn't present for. Adrian saying, I love you at the TV at Rocky 2 when he was fighting Apollo. Yes, that's what I was thinking. He wasn't yeah. even there and he's remembering it. Yeah. Maybe she told him about it vividly and <laughs> he has a very vivid imagination. Nice edited version of it in his head. I think Adrian popped in his head, and I'm, I'm helping the film with this, because he made the decision to fight Drago without consulting Adrian. And we had a big issue with this in Rocky II, that his heart wasn't in the fight because she, he didn't have Adrian's blessing, right? Well, this time he decides without Adrian, and maybe that's why she popped in his head. Either that, or they wanted to play the entire song during the montage and had to fill in, the, <laughs> to fill in more time. This montage is long. And, I mean, it makes no sense... And it feels like nothing except an MTV music video. It was hysterical. I was so glad you said that because to me it felt like we've talked about this in the past that during this time MTV was huge. Well, this certainly shows the influence of MTV with a lot of montages. I know Rocky's known for montages. I think this one's driving into the ground. This film is almost entirely montage. We get a montage 
of Apollo and Drago, all the newspaper articles about them before they fight. Then you get a montage with magazine covers for the Rocky and Drago fight. We got another montage here of the entire franchise. Like, I don't think Stallone's this self-aware. I think he's like, man, this stuff really works. People really like those Rocky films. We're going to do it even bigger and better here and just almost do an entire movie of montages. It's funny. I don't think it's supposed to be funny, but I'm enjoying it. I'm, I'm having a good time watching Rocky brood and recall memories from better films. You're having a good time? I am. I am rolling my eyes. Do you think that there's so many montages in this movie, not only because it's awesome, but because there really just wasn't enough story to fulfill 90 minutes? Because I do. Look, we complained about, too, how they could have cut a lot of that out. It, these films, we started with a drama, and as we go along, they become more and more boxing films, sports films. And it's tough when you got to fill up a boxing match and stretch that out to 90 minutes. But I think Rocky popularized the montage, and so I think they're just going with it here. We liked it in three. We thought it was an effective way to start the film and catch us up to where Rocky is. Yes, it kind of lost that purpose, but... I think music video is a good way to go. We, we got to sell the soundtrack. You know, Stallone, he's not just making money off the sales tickets now. He's franchising this baby. He's capitalizing on it everywhere. Music, product placement, everything. It worked. It made a lot of money. It sure did. But all I thought of when he was doing the driving was Miami Vice. I mean, how many times did we see Crockett driving and thinking like this? Or was it Tubbs? <laughs> I think it was Crockett. So is the U.S. government okay with this fight? No. I'm surprised the U.S. government didn't say no Rocky. I know there was a scene that was cut that the Boxing Commission says no to Rocky, and they dropped the lines in later about that. On the magazine covers, it says he has to wait two years for the fight for whatever reason, and that he resigns his championship to do this fight. But that's not the U.S. government. That's the Boxing Commission. What's about the U.S. government? Couldn't they say international incident from the first match with Apollo? We cannot do this, or would they sanction it? You see what I mean? There's no mention of government here at all on the United States side. It's Rocky represents the United States, and we see tons of Russian government. Brock, how many podcasts have you looked at me and said, you want realism in this? (laughs) Yes. My turn. Good call, my friend. Look, I'm being perhaps a little bit harsh on this movie, but I'm just saying I'm noticing all of this stuff, and I'm not typically a political person sometimes in watching certain movies, but this one screams it. I mean, how can I not notice it? All this stuff about the Russian leadership, there's not one about the American. Because this is a propaganda film. We're not going to make it look like the American government's scared and we don't want to send our fighter over to Russia. Yeah, go over there. Beat the hell out of this Russian because we're America and that's what we do. Sure. I mean, you got to approach it from that angle because that's what this is. What confuses me more than why would the government let Rocky go over there? Why the hell does Polly decide to go over to Russia? <laughs> like this... <laughs> He's got a sex spot, and he wants to go to the Siberian freezing cold? Well, you didn't you see? The sex spot turned into a nagging wife. <laughs> he had to escape her in Siberia. They'd already gone through all the stages of a relationship. But Adrian doesn't go. It's like, wow, that is stunning that she stays behind. I mean, yeah, somebody has to watch the kid until they don't, but... They have this moment where they get in this fight about whether he should go into this match. And, you know, we've mocked that line, win, win. Here (laughs) she does the exact opposite. You can't win. Like, she's scared. And I wish... We felt just as scared, but by the fourth time, you know, seeing a Rocky film, I just don't feel there's that danger, especially after this guy was supposed to lose his sight two films ago and has taken a million more punches and nothing happened. But it makes sense that she's planning on losing her husband. 
Yeah, but if she really thought that, she would fight harder to stop him like she did in 2. And I would think that she would go to be with her husband in her last days instead of letting him travel off to Russia. But she does show up later on, so she rectifies the situation. Between training montages, she's the break between the two training montages. Yes. Exactly. Actually, she is exactly that. (laughs) (laughs) I have to say, though, when Rocky starts to train, he's riding those boots, I'm thinking blisters. But beyond that, I'm thinking getting a little fun. And I know I've been hard in the first, was it, 45 minutes of the movie. Once Bernie Hart comes in, he lands in Russia, and he starts to train in the snow and stuff. And I mean, I'm, I'm curious how a Philly boy knows how to chop wood. You know, city boy and knows how to do all these farm things, but that's okay. I'll go with that because it's fun to watch him train. And then especially in the second montage when he's training on bare bones where Drago's training with all this cool equipment and it's just fun to watch these scenes. This is where this film crystallized for me as to what this is. This is Star Wars and the robot is C-3PO. And at this point, Rocky, he's a short man. He's the Ewoks. And Drago sure. is the Empire, and he's training with the Death Star. There you go. You got, I mean, this is populist. You don't get it more obvious than this. You got the guy, the underdog, chopping wood and pulling horse carriages through the snow while the elite robotic soldier sitting there punching all this kind of scientific equipment that's measuring every little heartbeat. I mean, you get the scene where Drago, he can't stand running up the treadmill, but the Rocky, he could run up the Grand Tetons, which had been transported to Russia in this film. No problems. Cheers at the top of the mountain. I mean, this is your populist film. But I watched a few boxing matches, but I'm no boxing expert. But I would think if you're training for a boxing fight, wouldn't you, you know, throw a punch every once in a while instead of just doing cardio? He throws a couple of punches in the montages, but they actually mentioned no sparring partners. I agree with Arnie completely, though. For this fight especially, you need a sparring partner, a guy who has much longer reach, for example. Or a slab of beef, at least, to break some ribs on. Sure. I do like, though, you know, it's it's extremely obvious, but, you know, I enjoy it when he has the oxen yoke on his shoulders and then Drago's doing a similar movement, how it mirrors each other when he's doing it simply when Drago's using the machines. It's cheesy, but I'm enjoying it and I admit to it. It's just, you got a smile on your face watching this cheesy scene montage stuff. No, you have a smile on I your have, face. I, I got one too, Brock. I'm right there with you. I am not. I am just sitting back and I am laughing. I am laughing at this film. It's ridiculous. It's I went with some of the ridiculousness last time, super rocky. But here, this is mecha rocky, and I can't deal with it. And also, there's still a lot of thigh close-ups, and I'm just weirded out. And I have to say, it looks like Stallone is actually doing some of this, if not all of it. Like the uh, amazing leg dips and lifting up, and when he's up on the hayloft, and he's doing those sit-ups from like an incredible angle. My abs just ached watching it. That was amazing. And then lifting up the horse cart full of those three people, I don't know the movie magic there, but I believed Stallone was lifting that up. That's impressive. It is. I mean, it's impressive. At this point, the montages had become a montage in my brain, and we're just redundant, and I was starting to just really go numb. I tried to go with this movie, and I did through Apollo's death, but once they got to Russia, this film went nuts, and I couldn't go with it. 
And I'm loving it because for me, part three is where Rocky just lost it. And, and it, you know, with Thunderlips and Mr. T, like here, I feel they're really embracing the craziness of where this franchise is going. Like with three, they're, they're still trying. They're having those dramatic moments. You know, Burt Young and Talia Shire, they each get their dramatic scene here. No, Polly's making jokes about screwing a robot and Adrian's refusing to see her husband as he goes off to death. Like they're just going bug nuts in this film. Duke gets the dramatic scene this time in the bedroom, I guess, of the cabin they're in when he talks to Rocky about how Apollo was like a son to him. Yeah, that came out of nowhere. Yeah, completely. I didn't even know who the hell this character was. He's Apollo's trainer. Been in the last three films? Yeah, I know, but I don't know. He's like a familiar face, but has the guy ever spoken before? Yes! Yeah! Oh, come on. We've talked about it. Arnie in two, he tries to talk Apollo out of doing the rematch, and yeah. Oh, he's the one who says he's no good for us. Okay. Yes. His name is Tony Duke. I always call him Duke, but the actual name of the actor's name is Tony Burton. Yeah, it just seemed to come out of nowhere, because this was a character that had never been developed as anything before. He'd been there, but he was never developed. I didn't really remember him speaking. I knew he was Apollo's trainer, and he'd become Rocky trainer, because Rocky keeps killing his trainers. It's like... (laughs) You know, but though, I said before, he's like Wedge Antilles to me. He's always there. He has a few lines, and he's just a presence. One thing I also want to mention in these training scenes, the music is completely different in this movie. There is no gonna fly now, and it's all... I don't think electronic is the word, is it? It's kind of like Disneyland to me. No, it's new wave-ish pop music. This is scored by the same guy who the next year would do the Transformers animated film. And so you got a lot of synth. A hell of a lot of synth. Yeah, and that was clearly obviously chosen, but I wonder why they didn't even bring back Gonna Fly Now just for this one scene. Oh, I mean, the music in this movie, especially during these training montages, these are the most literal lyrics ever sang. It's like, you are a warrior, which means you're really strong and you're tough. There's no metaphor at this point. It's just so literal. I'm cracking up during these songs. When they land in Russia, they play It's a Burning Heart. I did like that song. It's Survivor's second best. You're right, and they asked another hit on the radio, but the lyrics say it's East versus West. Like, it actually spells the plot out. Yes, <laughs> I love that. In the lyrics. And it was really funny. I actually laughed out loud when I heard the lyrics there. And also, they don't even play the whole song. They only play that one verse <laughs> in the chorus. So it was completely obvious. But Heart's on Fire, and they play it later, too. I don't like that song. No, it is bad. It is very, very bad. Okay. During these copious montages, it is finally revealed that, yes... Drago is on steroids. Because those Ruskies are evil. They're cheaters. They're no good. Was that needed? I think it was needed for this film's agenda to show that (laughs) they're not better than us, really. They just cheat. If you didn't have it there, then you do have Drago as this super robot just because Russians are that stone hard. So I do think it's needed to undercut Russian superiority, which is what we've been shown so far. That said... It never really pays off. I really would have liked to see, no offense to the six-foot blonde, but I would have liked to see Drago maybe have a little roid rage and breed up Brigitte Nielsen a little. You mean you wanted her to look more like how she does now after dating Flavor Flav? (laughs) Pretty much. 
No, Ar- Arnie, there's moments where I'm surprised how they didn't push the propaganda even further. You know, we talked about Drago shooting up. Like, when they first get to Russia, they pull up to this house and they got the little proletariat peasant chopping the wood. And he kind of looks at him like, why are these people pulling up? I'm surprised that the KGB didn't, like, walk that guy out to the back of his house and shoot him <laughs> so Rocky could use it for the weekend. Like, I think Stallone actually restrained himself a lot in this film. You've inspired me. The only thing that this film is missing is Yakov Shmirnov. <laughs> Russia, glove punch you. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah, so instead of Joe Frazier at the beginning of the fight, you have Yakov Shmirnov coming in for shaking the hands of the people. Yes, that'd be great. What the country? <laughs> uh, maybe I forgot this, but I never realized the USA Network had an international presence in sports. They had the USA Network covering this boxing event. Now, ESPN was in existence then. Was boxing on USA a lot back then? I don't remember. I vaguely remember USA. I don't think they carried world bouts on USA, but I know they did have boxing quite a bit because that's when I remember watching boxing matches. Of all the networks to be there, USA Network. Maybe they played Rocky movies. Perhaps they paid the most for the product placement. Uh, There you go. Now, I didn't see Rocky IV in theaters. I only saw it for the first time in full for this retrospective. I'm the newbie. Arnie. But I did see in 1985 a little film called White Knights. You know, Gregory Hines. Say you, say me. So I'm wondering if this film might have been a little bit better if Drago had wanted to defect. And he, like, tried to get messages to Rocky, like, I want to go to America and be American fighter. And Arnie. (laughs) Where's this coming out of? I mean, (laughs) that's not the point of this film. Now you want this to turn into a political, dramatic thriller? <laughs> it's the hunt for an October, but on a boxing ring. <laughs> They're clutching each other in the ropes. Rocky, take me with you. <laughs> take me with you back to America. Come on, there's nothing that set Wouldn't up. it have been better if Drago had something <laughs> as second dimension to his character? He's currently one dimensional. He's not even two, just one. I don't think Dolph Lundgren can do two-dimensional. Go listen to our Punisher retrospective. Hey, I've seen Showdown Little Tokyo. He could do two-dimensional. He can actually travel interdimensionally with Masters of the Universe. So come on, guys. I forgot about that one. <laughs> so he's, a, he's able to do a lot of stuff. We're lucky the guy's getting English out in these films. <laughs> I just would have liked some plot for him to show his some kind of rebellion I, I, clubber lang had more to him than just being an evil fighter you know we were able to read a lot into that drago is nothing i would have liked something here and it's the same year i would have liked a little white knights i would have liked a little bit of drago and rocky you know coming together and overcoming the political chasm that separated them at the end i don't not from this character i don't no. besides he also rebels at the end when he says i fight for me yeah that's a little too little too late if he fights for himself then he should want not to be communist and go with rocky to america that's not this movie arnie wrong movie right it would be a movie i'd like i guess is what i'm saying as much as i complain that clubber didn't get his fair share in apollo that they weren't really villains even though they try to cast clubber that way like this i'm fine okay we're gonna do a rocky movie where there's a clear-cut villain and it's the other boxer i'm ready for that now i i've seen they could do dramatic and they haven't been able to do dramatic since halfway through two i'm okay where this film is going at this point yeah at some point you have to accept that this is the movie we're getting 
Whether or not you like it is what we're going to talk about from the (laughs) recommendations, I guess. But I'm not saying I'm coming around to what Jacob is here, but I am saying that I completely understand what's going on here. And I'm actually, the whole movie is leading up to this fight. And I want to watch this fight. I'm ready for this fight to start. But really, this movie could have been 45 minutes long. It's a lot, a lot of padding to get to here. It's a 30-minute movie with a 50-minute soundtrack. Yeah, it really is. It's not like they have a bunch of exposition need to get through. They burn through the exposition very, 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 very quickly. There's a whole bunch of examples in movies how this doesn't work before, but somehow this movie keeps going and going until we get to this last fight, and thank God we get to this last fight now. I don't think I can take another montage. Well, you're going to have to take one because the ending fights always turn into a montage <laughs> after the first couple of rounds. Except last movie. I think I'm like Rock in Rocky 2. One more montage to the face and I'm going to go blind. So we get the fight and two things happen. First of all, we've thought this entire time Drago is the machine and Rocky is the man. But once in the ring, Rocky gets a cut. and So he's being told Drago's just a man. Meanwhile, Drago's in his corner. He's like a piece of iron. But what's weird about the fight is that Rocky gets pummeled and gets knocked down in the first round. And then I'm sure he gets a couple of punches in before this, but it seems like the first real punch he hits Drago with, Drago bleeds. And if he bleeds, you can kill him. (laughs) (laughs) And then Duke tells him he's a machine, he's a man, he's a man. Then we get the whole thing. But I was surprised that Rocky gets one really good shot in and the guy starts spouting blood. This is going back to the original fight with Apollo where Rocky is all of a sudden able to take a million hits again. I mean, that was his one strength is that he could take a punch. And like in that first round with Apollo in the first film, he gets that one uppercut in and knocks him out with his first hit. I mean, I I thought it was mirroring that film a bit. A little bit, but I kind of like this. In Rocky 3, when he and Clubber went at it, I thought that the fight started a little too strong. Rocky was too dominant. You need to think Rocky is outmatched. You need to believe, if only for a moment, if only when you turn off the fact that you're in a movie, that Rocky can lose. And with Clubber, Rocky came out strong, and then there was a turnaround, and then they turned around the turnaround. Here, I thought it started a little bit more right. Rocky is at a disadvantage, and... If you turn off your mind for a moment, maybe Rocky's going to lose. And the interesting thing is Dolph Lundgren and Sylvester Stallone, they threw a lot of real punches during this fight because they wanted to look pretty real. And Stallone went to the hospital that Lundgren was punching him so hard. His heart like bounced against like his rib cage or something. He's hit so hard and he had to go into the hospital while they were filming. The same thing happened when Dolph was fighting Carl Weathers. They were throwing some real punches and Dolph actually hits that. I mean, he doesn't hit 2200 PSI, but the guy could hit hard. So, I mean, there's some real brutality going on in this final match. I read Carl Weathers walked off the set or something. Yeah, he was ready to quit. Yeah. The other thing that happens during this fight is Rocky starts to win. And the Russians cheer for Rocky. And this is the moment where I want the KGB, the military, to storm in and just start mowing down (laughs) everyone in the crowd with a gun. Because that's how it would really be if this was Russia. The camera lines would be cut. At least 1980s Russia. Like, I kind of wish I was doing this film in 80 because I would have really pushed the boundaries of, of American propaganda. Well, my problem is, you know, we saw something like this, right? In the 1980 Winter Olympics, Do You Believe in Miracles, the U.S. and Russia in hockey. And it was a hard-fought match, and the U.S. won. I mean, that's kind of what we're seeing paralleled here with boxing. But I don't think in 1980 the Russians were like, USA! USA! When we pulled it off. When the announcer said, do we believe in miracles, I don't think the Russians went, oh yeah! But this is a fairy tale. This is American propaganda. This isn't real life. This is to show 
that we can all change, that, that Russians can embrace free market capitalism. Again, why are you trying to bring realism in at this point of the film, Arnie? Why the last five minutes? I'm not trying to bring in <laughs> realism. It's just stupid. I'm trying to bring in something not stupid. That's the charm of this film. Like, I love how blatant everything in is in this film. This is like a 90-pound weakling that saw the first Rocky film and buys into it so much that he thinks he could take on the 200-pound Charles Atlas dude. And he's just going to go with him. There's something to admire there, for me at least. Sylvester Stallone, he's writing this movie, and he's like, yes, this is the great American story. People are going to totally embrace this, and this is going to change the world's view about America. Well, people certainly did embrace this movie. Whether or not it changed their worldview, I don't know. I think Stallone and Hasselhoff together defeated communism. (laughs) Both aided by talking robots. I mean, what I find funny is the the whole time this film is about how America could defeat Russia, how we're greater. Even you strip away our robots and our camcorders and our Lamborghinis. We could lift pieces of wood and run in the snow. We could still beat you. And then you get to the final speech where it's like it's better that it's two guys fighting than 20 million fighting. Like all of a sudden now it's a peace movie about how we need to talk out our differences and just admit you know guys america's better than you so let's be cool now not fight that's where it kind of gets confusing for me when you get to this final speech and the guy who stands up at his bald is he supposed to be gorbachev yes yes come on he's just he's missing the stain yeah Yeah. (laughs) put the mole there i would have believed it but they've got rocky draped in an american flag he's white he's bleeding red the Russians are applauding him and cheering, and oh, boy. This speech you mentioned, he says, during the course of this fight, I changed, and I noticed that you changed. Now, when did Rocky change? I don't know. When did that happen? I think this is, he went in hating the Russians, and because they started cheering for him, he decided to change and love them. So, like, he made the change after all the Russians made the change, so it's kind of confusing and disingenuous. I think he changed not at all. I mean, it's kind of like, did Rambo change during Rambo 2? No, he just defeated communism single-handedly. Better than one man than 20 million, Arnie. Yeah, well, (laughs) he defeated one here, 20 million in Rambo 2. (laughs) This is going back to what we said earlier, where Apollo's like, I need a fight because I'm over the hill and I don't know what to do when I'm retired. It's us against them. It's like that. I mean, I thought Rocky came to fight because it was personal. We all agreed in Rocky 3 that he was fighting for the title again. What's the point? We've already seen him become the champion. I mean, he fought the first time to prove himself. He fought the second time for a title. The third time, I had a bump in the road. Continuing title fights is redundant. So to make it personal, to be fighting to avenge Apollo, it makes it character driven. I like that. And then it gets the speech. It's no longer about Apollo. Apollo who? No, now I'm defeating all of communism. So, Jacob, Arnie, do you recommend Rocky Four? Jacob. Look, you get this final speech at the end, you know. I change the way I feel about you. You change the way you feel about me. This is one of those movies that gets me to change the way I feel about, as recalled, Rocky Three, that fluff sports genre type movie where it's about the ridiculous fights more than the dramatic character this is a film i guess because it's so over the top that i could have fun with it and i could go with it you know i didn't like the whole let's cheer for a yuppie thing in part three but here in part four because it's so over the top he's the not just a yuppie but he is the model free market capitalist yuppie in this film with robots and the cars and all the newest technology like i enjoy how over the top this film is and i maybe over the top is 
Well, that's another Stallone film. <laughs> Maybe we'll do a one-off someday. But I can't help but enjoying this film. I love the brisk pace you talked about. It, it almost has that music video quality with all these montages. I like that it moves along. This is that film, if I don't feel like the serious, dramatic character moments from Rocky, this is the next Rocky film I'm going to put on and enjoy. It's got some good fights. I enjoy the training montages. They're cool to watch. The strength that's portrayed in them uh, with Rocky, with the sit-ups and all that. And I like how blatant the propaganda is in this film. It feels like it's so 1984, 1985 to me. That's something I like. I like the timeliness of it. So yeah, I recommend Rocky Four. Arnie. You know, I had to think about this one as well. I mean, I had the same thing with Rocky Two, where I have a lot of problems with this movie, but there's characters I like. And in this movie, more than Rocky Two, Rocky Two was coasting on goodwill. This one I really liked the first half of this film. I was going with it. I was going with the montages. I was going with the feel. I was going with everything Jacob said in his summary for the first 45 minutes. But once we got into Russia, it just got to be repetitive and skull-numbing. And by the end of the movie, I was thinking back to a quote from the beginning of the movie. When it's Polly's birthday and they robot brings him a cake that's full of candles and they tell Polly to make a wish and he goes I wish I wasn't in this nightmare. That's how I felt at the end of this movie. Not recommend. Wow. I have the exact opposite Arnie. The second 45 minutes of this movie when he gets to Russia is where I enjoy the movie because when I watched Rocky 4 I enjoy the training in the snow stuff versus Drago training in the computerized world and I enjoy the fight when I watched this fight I have a memory of me on vacation with my family I must have been 14 15 years old or something and everyone's getting ready to go out that day and Rocky four is on television and it comes to the end fight and I remember myself sitting at the end of the bed watching this movie and I have this public solitude. Everyone's running around me, but I don't really care. I'm like, focus on what I'm watching. And I catch myself actually throwing, you know, a little bit of punches like Apollo does in the corner of Rocky Three. You know, when he's when he Rocky's fighting Clubber, like, come on, Rocky, come on, Rocky. Like I'm getting into it. And every time I watch the Drago fight with Rocky, I find myself getting swept up in the whole thing because it is kind of cool. This end of this movie, but the first half of this movie is junk. Complete junk. And it, it's just amazing to me how much fun Rocky Three is that this movie is not that much fun overall. Like, I can understand people loving this as a guilty pleasure and calling it out as a guilty pleasure. When I was 10 years old, when I was 11 years old, this movie was awesome. But unlike Rocky Three, which I still very much enjoy for a lot of different reasons, I don't enjoy this one as much anymore. And I, if this was on, I might still watch the end fight. Very much like Arnie still watches parts of Halloween 3 when it's on at Halloween when he's cleaning the house. Certainly, the Drago fight is like a James Bond film. There are certain parts of James Bond films, even if the bad one, you still want to watch that action scene. Well, this Drago fight at the end is certainly that. Or the cheesy hearts on fire <laughs> montage. You're sitting there like, what? So <laughs> I can't recommend it. I can't. I understand why people love it because it's just that nostalgic feeling or all that stuff Jacob's talking about. Go for it. Fun. Have your fun with it. I'm not recommending it. And I, I honestly, watching it now as an adult, I can say I will never watch Rocky Four from start to finish again. You see, and I have to say that I didn't recommend this. I didn't recommend two. But I at least see this one as cotton candy fluff. And mm -hmm. I could see myself rewatching this one even though I didn't recommend it. 
I couldn't see myself going back to part two. Yeah, again, I'm not going to watch from start to finish, but I certainly will watch the end of this movie again because it's fun. But I agree with you, too, that it is a cotton candy kind of movie. But so is Rocky Three. You know, Rocky Three is much more going for it with that kind of cotton candy movie than this one does. This one is a much farther down the road kind of thing. Well, I totally agree with you guys. If we cut your recommends or not recommends in half and merge them together with <laughs> Arnie's love for the first half and Brock's love for the second half, I agree with you in that case. <laughs> if you enjoyed all halves of our current review, you can check out our other reviews at our archive section, nowplayingpodcast.com, where we reviewed the other three Rocky movies, as well as Rambo, the Terminator series, we reviewed the Karate Kid, a whole bunch of different kinds of retrospectives. You can find those all at nowplayingpodcast.com. If Rocky could change, if Mother Russia can change, you can make us change our mind about what we're going to do for our $25 retrospective donation. We got two trilogies up for you to vote for. We got the Men in Black with the Day of Release Men in Black 3 coming out, or we got this Spielberg Alien trilogy going on with E.T. and Close Encounters of the Third Kind and War of the Worlds. Or we got none of the above, but you're going to make up our minds for us this time by voting for your choice. Remember, though, whoever wins, the loser, you're never going to hear that retrospective. So vote for what you really want to hear us talk about. Will Smith getting jiggy with it with Tommy Lee or <laughs> E.T. and Reese's mashed potatoes and Tom Cruise. And if you don't vote, I will break you. You can also go to Facebook and Twitter to follow us there. We post many movie reviews of movies we watched that week. You, the audience, can join in the discussion with us about the movies we see. You can also do that at our forums, and a link to our forums can be found on the homepage. So where does this leave us, guys? If we've gone to Russia, can we come back from there unscathed? My ring's outside. (laughs) What I've seen... I've got some bad memories of, like, laugh-out-loud memories. Like, you mentioned Over the Top earlier, Jacob. This film is one that, in my mind, I put in the same bucket as Tango and Cash and Over the Top and all these bad late 80s Stallone films. But I'm looking forward to going back. I don't know that I've ever seen the beginning of it. I know I've seen the end a few times in my college days, and those were 20 years ago now. So I am looking forward to going back and maybe having a hilarious disaster or maybe finding something in it that I would like, like the first half of four, all of three. So Yeah, and I'm right there with you. I have only seen this movie once, so I am actually looking forward to seeing this again because I never revisit Rocky Five. So now that I'm older and now the movie's aged some, I'm looking forward to seeing what it really is again. And we'll all, all jump in the ring for Rocky Five in our next podcast. We'll talk to you soon. I can't believe this is happening. Okay. And I just want to say thanks to Apollo for fighting me, Apollo. I want to thank Mickey for training me. Most of all, I want to thank God. This is the greatest night in the history of my life. I just want to say one thing to my wife who's home. Yo, Adrian! I did it! Thank you for listening to this episode in the now-playing Rocky Retrospective Series. Why this fighter of limited ability has gained such popularity is such a mystery. Come back to NowPlayingPodcast.com each week as we get in the ring and review another Rocky film. When I leave you, you'll not only know how to fight, you'll be able to take care of yourself outside the ring. Too.
Mickey loves you. And in the NowPlayingPodcast.com archives, you can find reviews of other films such as Rambo, The Karate Kid, Terminator, Total Recall, X-Men, and many more. It makes a man a better man. We wish to educate your country. And while at NowPlayingPodcast.com, be sure to join our forums where you can discuss these films with other listeners. Don't listen to it, Rocky. No, do listen to it, Rocky. You can also follow Now Playing on Facebook and Twitter, where we post announcements of new episodes, and where the hosts post movie mini-reviews. Links to our social media pages are at nowplayingpodcast.com. Very American. It's very smart. Hey, and remember, after this show, I'm your favorite. What favorite? Support from listeners like you help keep Now Playing operating. You can find a link to donate using PayPal at the bottom of our website, NowPlayingPodcast.com. Mr. Gazzo says I should get the 200 to break your thumb. You understand? Please, huh? Please. Give me some money. You can also show your love of Now Playing Podcast by shopping in our store, where you can buy Now Playing t-shirts, coffee mugs, mouse pads, and much more. The link to our Cafe Press store is available on our homepage. What are you going to do with the money? Well, the first thing I got to do is I got to pay the rent, you know. Now Playing's Rocky Retrospective series is edited by Carlos and Arnie. Don't worry. <laughs> I'll clean it up for you, bully. Now Playing is not affiliated with MGM or United Artists, and no infringement is intended. Seems like lately everybody wants to beat me up. The opinions expressed on Now Playing are those of the individual hosts and may not reflect the opinion of Inganza Media Incorporated. I pity the fool, and I will destroy any man who tries to take what I got. Now Playing is a Vinganza Media production, copyright 2011, all rights reserved. It's over. It's all over. You know, Transformers 3 is the most financially successful film of this year. That doesn't mean it was good. I didn't say it was good, Arnie. I said it was the most financially <laughs> successful of the series. And uh, th- this is, again, this was... You did me. And just and just, uh, just for our listeners out there, you can try live tweeting and try to win our favor, but we can't guarantee anything. It might have been just a fluke for Jacob. It helps if I know you already. Yes, Arnie Not already me. knew me, so it was. I didn't have to have a fancy name like the Italian Stallion to get his, <laughs> his notice. But it would have helped you get his notice earlier, Jacob, if you did. Perhaps. <laughs> you can go running on the beach together. So... <laughs> I don't really know. hang out at San Diego every year, so maybe next year that will be one of our Maybe we'll race the beach. You guys should cosplay next year as Apollo and uh, Rocky. It'd be fantastic. Both How about Rocky wears- and Drago? I'm short enough. <laughs> <laughs> you did me. We didn't boycott the Winter Olympics. No, we beat them no, in because hockey. because their ass. Miracle on ice, baby. Yeah, the hockey game. You did me. I really would have liked to seen. No offense to the six foot blonde, but I would have liked to see Drago maybe have a little roid rage and breed up Brigitte Nielsen a little. You mean you wanted her to look more like how she does now after dating Flavor Flav? <laughs> Pretty much. Man, that reference feels dated. <laughs> yeah, and it made me feel creepy because I was watching that show. I'm like, this is, feels wrong. <laughs> you watched Flavor of Love? I I know it was the um the surreal life. Yeah, it started I, off yeah. in the surreal. Yeah, life. I watched yeah. surreal life. I never watched Flavor of Love yeah, or yeah. Uh, the other ones that came after it, where like ugh, they dated together and then it became a dating show to date Flavor.
Eesh. It's like the winner gets voted off immediately. Bringing it back to the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You did me. Are we going to have a montage count instead of a body count on the home page of Now Playing? We could if you'd like to go back and count them. <laughs> just gets a joke. <laughs> it's a joke. You did me. Yeah, it's a big deal. Like people quote that, like we quote Major League or something else. Like uh, you Major that. League is your go-to. <laughs> like that choice. Already quotes Howard the Duck. Howard the Duck. There you go. Yeah, Major League. Where the hell did that come from? I just the outside. You did me. We got two up. We got. <laughs> we got a blooper. <laughs> yes. You did me. Fifteen years ago now. Twenty years ago now. <laughs> I'm old. Did me.